Welcome to Ag Credit Set It, the podcast for farm newbies and seasoned professionals alike. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from across the agriculture industry to bring you insights, advice, and must-have information on all things rural living, from farming to finances and everything in between. So let's get to it. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It. We're here. We're back for episode two here in season one. And so we dumped uh, Libby and Matt off and it's just Brenna and, and Phil today. So we, I don't know where we dumped them off at, but they're not here. So uh, it's just Brenna <laughs> and Phil. I'm excited to have two special guests uh, with us today. I'm a little nervous about this one. Let's not make any mistakes, yeah. Phil. Let's not make any mistakes. <laughs> We'll try. But, uh, today we actually have Brian Ricker, who's the president and CEO of Ag Credit, and Dusty Sonnenberg, who's Ag Credit's board chairman. So, guys, thank you for joining us today. Hey, great to be here. Thanks. And so we just kind of like to learn a little bit about each of you. Uh, so, um, Brian, if you want to take a little bit, just share a little bit, um, you know, how you got here and how you became CEO and, and your journey so far. Sure. Yes. I guess similar to many of our team members here at Ag Credit. I grew up on a, on a family farm, a small farm, and it was in Putnam County. We, uh, we grew corn and soybeans like, like we see in, on so many farms here in Northwest Ohio. We had some specialty crops too. And growing up, we had um, tomatoes and pickles and a pickle grading station, uh, kind of unusual, and you don't see too many of those today. And we also had some purebred Yorkshires and Hampshires. And so we raised those, and that was probably one of my favorite thing was things was the hogs and in uh, raising them. Came from a large family. Uh, there's eight of us and I'm the youngest. So mom and dad had plenty of help and they put us to work and um, they, they taught us how to work, that's for sure. And I know my older siblings, um, they were, I guess, good mentors for me because uh, they taught me how to work. So um, that was... It was they just, made you do the work, didn't they? They I mean. did. They did. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was fun and um, just enjoyable. And of course, it just seemed like everything growing up revolved around agriculture, whether it was mom and dad going to some some meeting, you know, that, that dealt with sugar beets or whatever the case might be. Everything kind of revolved around farming and agriculture at the kitchen table. So as a result of that, that's what I knew. That's what I loved. And so went off to school at Ohio State and majored in agriculture. And uh, that was a great experience. After graduating, my very first job was with Bob Evans Farms. We made sausage. It was in one of their processing plants. And um, it was quite an experience. Learned a lot, and then from there, went on to Ohio Farm Bureau, was an organization director, and quite a contrast between those two jobs, but it was, I learned a lot there as well, and that's what it's all about. Did you serve at Bob Evans? I, I <laughs> no, did not, I'm but I'm I still kidding, eat the I'm sausage kidding. today. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, from there, after, I don't know, it was probably five or six years, and then I, then I found home. I found Ag Credit. And uh, interviewed for uh, an account officer position is what it was in the Van Wert office. And I remember the interview and, um, the you know, there's always those questions and the question of, you know, Brian, what are your, the things you value? What are your priorities, you know, in life and, and, and those things that, that make you tick and, and so forth? And, and so I remember saying that family was was the first thing I said. I, that's very important. I value family. 
Um, faith, I value that. And then the third one was career. So I put that third and work career. And so I, I still remember that because um, it made me think a little bit. And then after I started working for Ag Credit, I quickly realized that the culture of what I what I desired and what my values and beliefs were matched up pretty good with Ag Credits. And so I knew I, I wanted a career. I wanted to stay here for a while, a long time. My career here I am today. So uh, that was that was rewarding and and just it was it was a great experience with all that. So I started working in Van Wert, and of course we covered Van Wert and Paulding counties. It was great to work with the farmers over there. Um, learned a lot, met a lot of great people. Still like to see those people today. I will. I will say uh, I work in the Van Wert office, and I have a number of people that I work with um, that will say, "Do you know how long I've been here?" And I'll say, "No, how long you been here?" Like Brian Ricker was my account <laughs> officer when I st- and I said, "Well, it sounds like you've been here a long time." Right? Like, oh, wow. Uh, but there's there's a they're happy that how successful you've been, and, and they're always excited to to kind of name drop you. So yeah. <laughs> I like that's great. Thanks. He has Aaron. your picture in his office. Yeah, right. You know, it's like yeah. you, no, you know, I'm kidding. I, yeah. I'm kidding. Like FSA has a picture of the president. I, I have oh, the picture boy. of you. Yeah. Oh boy, come on, it's getting deep now. <laughs> but you know, you know, you you know how this is, Phil. But you close that loan, and you just there's a good, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And whether it's that first farm for for them or their tenth farm, you know, there's just that satisfaction. And I don't know, I always got that adrenaline rush a little bit that you're helping somebody, and it's rewarding, and it's 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 great. So. At any rate, I, um, I do miss that part, you know, of, of being that close to the customer. But then um, it was around 2009, and uh, there was an opportunity here um, at Admin in the credit area that, that came up. And, um, and so, I, you know, I was interested in it and thought it might be a way to um, broaden my horizons a little bit and seek a little bit different opportunity with ag credit. So I, you know, interviewed for that. It worked out. Of course, that allowed me to get a little bit closer to some of the leadership here at Ag Credit, and I still think of Neil Jordan, our former CEO, and he, yeah, I consider him a mentor, and and then um, Dave Starner, he was here in the credit department at the time, and just great people to work with, so many others too, they've retired since then, but can't name them all, but just great people, and it was it was a pleasure, you know, to, to be with them and learn learn from them. So, and of course, some retirements took place along the way. So it was 2014 when the, um, this position uh, came open and interviewed for it and whatnot and was fortunate to be selected. So, um, you know, it, it, it's been great. And ultimately, you know, as I was sharing earlier, I, I do miss working with, directly with those, those farmers. Um, it was so rewarding, but it's different today a little bit. And, and it's still very rewarding because now I get to see all the employees, and um, I'm not the young one anymore. And and you get to see the new employees come, how they grow within the association, and just doing what you guys are doing here today. It's exciting. And so um, just great to see that happen and see everybody else develop around us and see that next generation of ag credit employees. And, and that's so neat. So. That's exciting to know we can always move up. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. we started yeah, yeah. in the same spot. But uh, now to switch over to Dusty a little bit. I actually met Dusty 
I don't know, several, several years ago. He was actually an agronomist, and I was doing my test plot when I worked at ConAgra Foods. We were taking popcorn off for a grower up in uh, Henry County, and Dusty was there with me the whole time, and all I could think of is, oh, shoot, I better pick the right disease or whatever, you know, or do my counts right and all that kind of stuff. So, Dusty, um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how, sure. you, how you became chairman of the board for Absolutely. Ag Credit. Absolutely. Like Brian, grew up on a small farm uh, in Henry County and I do continue to farm in Henry County with my wife, Cheryl, and sons, Cody and Bailey. So we raise uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, and hay. We also have a replacement dairy heifer operation and a uh, direct market beef operation. So we keep pretty busy with that. As Brent alluded to, I do some consulting work, used to work in extension and teach high school ag and really became affiliated with ag credit. I, I think, you know, always knew about the farm credit system, the old land bank and PCA, but but ag credit when I was uh, teaching high school and, and, and they were very active, obviously, in the junior fair program and, and would come out and do presentations uh, to the ag classes. And so when I you know, started to really get involved in the farming side. Uh, my first tractor loan was through Ag Credit. Really, Ag Credit has been there every step of the way as we have grown from teaching high school ag and being a part-time farmer to going full-time in the business. And so from a tractor and equipment loan to uh, loans to build some of the, the livestock barns, uh, and now really as we've come full circle in the uh, transition of the operation uh, and purchasing the farm ground, uh, Ag Credit has been there every step of the way. So I've grown like most members, and it, I attribute a large part of that success to the folks at Ag Credit and the relationships there and helping me walk through that process. I was first elected to the board of directors in 2016 and uh, served on a couple committees and then had actually, the, the, I call it humbling honor to be elected as chairman of the board of directors. Um, and so I'd be in my second year now as being chairman of the board and a, a great group of fellow farmers from all across the association. I guess either of you guys can tackle this next question. I guess ag credit is a cooperative and, and, and some people out there may not know what that means. So can you guys kind of describe what, how ag credit's structured? What is a cooperative? Yeah, sure, Phil. I'll, I'll take a stab at that one. Uh, you, you know, I think in the business world, uh, we often hear about publicly traded companies and, you know, they have profit and they, and they uh, give a dividend out, distribute a dividend. But that's only for, you know, those, those investors that uh, own that particular uh, company. The board of directors, you're not really familiar with the board. And so uh, at any rate, the cooperative is unique and it's much different than most of the companies that you hear about out there. And so um, the entire farm credit system is essentially a, a cooperative structure. And of course, ag credit is part of that farm credit system. And one of the things that really makes us unique is that our member owners, they are you know, they are the ones who own us. And so they are at the top of our organization chart. And so the profits that we make at the end of the year, uh, those that we do not need to retain, we distribute those to our members uh, back to them in a form of patronage. That is definitely different than most, you know, most companies. And we're very proud of that. And then our structure, the governance structure, you know, Dusty just alluded, he's on the board. Our, our governance, our board of directors, is made up of the members that we serve, and they are elected uh, by our, our members as well, those member owners who, uh, who you know, comprise of, of our, 
of our membership. So that's very different and unique. And we have a nominating committee and they, they're elected every year as well. That's kind of where it starts. That's the origin of it. And just a few weeks ago, we, uh, we held our nominating committee meeting. They were elected at our annual meeting in April, earlier this year. We had a couple of meetings along the way, and then um, we sat down with them. There was 18 of them. Every county that's in the ag credit territory was represented, and they sit down and hash out who's going to be running for the board of directors and find uh, those candidates. They find replacements for themselves, and it's an important job. And that's kind of the genesis, so to speak, of, of how we get started here at Ag Credit with the governance. We have eight elected directors on our board of directors. All eight are member owners of Ag Credit. They're, they're members. And then we have two outside directors as well. And those outside directors provide some additional expertise, uh, financial expertise, that type of thing, executive management experience. So um, that's that's needed. And, and um, so, you know, we always say um, who but farmers know what farmers need. And so by having farmers on our board, it's um, a great way of thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah. kind of like you described. So you have borrowers or members of ag credit at the top and you have the board of directors. And so, you know, I would describe the Webster definition of board of directors as, you know, kind of an executive committee that supervises the activities of an organization. So kind of the, the, the technical term, but I guess, Dusty, can you kind of share on a basic level kind of what that looks like yeah, on the board and chairman of the board, how sure. that works? Yeah. No, Phil, I think that's a great start. And, and really Brian alluded to it when he talked about governance and, and that's really what we as as the board members, as, as farmers, just like each one of you listening are, we look at it from how do we manage or govern our own operations and, and apply some of those principles to the board. So, so governance, looking at policy for the association and, and fiscal responsibility or our fiduciary duties, as they would call it. And so really, the board uh, functions with a committee structure. Uh, so we have an audit committee, a credit committee, a governance committee, and an operations committee. And everything really flows back through those committees as we process the business of the association. So I mentioned policy is one of the things. The board sets policy, and it's those policies then that the association follows. And so you know, the board meets 10 times a year, and at every one of those meetings, as the committees break out, we will review a handful of those policies and make sure they accurately reflect how the the association should be operating. Uh, we review the financials, review uh, different regulations coming down. Obviously, the board has to interact with our regulators, uh, the FCA, the Farm Credit Administration, and, and also uh, different auditors and firms that have to come in. Uh, it's really our responsibility to make sure that the association is stewarding the dollars of our members as the board uh, oversees the association working with our, our, our lending bank, Ag First, and then, you know, as those funds come down from the funding corp. So a, a whole sort of set of tiers that that flows through, and it's our job to make sure that's managed appropriately. Nice. Well, good. Yeah. And, and, and I guess my next question is, you know, you, you listed a laundry list of things that you're involved in outside of ag credit. And then you also said yes to being a board member, I guess, you know, what, what compels you to dedicate the little time it sounds like you maybe have to, to be on ag credits board. Sure. That's a good question. Probably to be honest, uh, I've got a passion for the industry. 
I love agriculture. Like Brian, growing up on the farm, it's just something that, that it gets in your blood. It's something you wanna be a part of. And I think initially just that that drive for, I'm always learning something new about the, even here in Northwest Ohio, the tremendous diversity we have within agriculture and that idea of giving back. As I mentioned earlier, you know, it's, it's largely because of ag credit that my operation has been able to grow uh, to the size and scale that it has and provide opportunities for myself and my family. And so finding ways to, to give back in that regard. But I think it's also evolved uh, as I've been on the board uh, and to some of the uh, national meetings and things, I've gotten a little bit maybe a, more of a big picture of how the farm credit system works and a lot of the other intricacies that are out there, politics in Washington, D.C., policy that comes down and um, I guess I'm often reminded, uh, Terry McClure, he's one of our members and past president of the Ohio Farm Bureau Federation and currently a nationwide board member, uh, made the statement one time, the game is played by those who show up. And uh, really that idea of how important it is to be at the table and be present, be engaged and be involved. And as I look at all the, all the aspects and, and intricacies of the ag industry, and, and in particular when it comes to the financial side, how important it is that, that farmers have a voice at that table, not only within our association to make sure that it stays true to its mission to serve the rural communities, but at a bigger picture, that our legislators are held accountable, that our regulators don't lose sight of what the bigger picture is, and making sure that everything stays in check. I think a lot of it is the... Um you you kind of represent everybody in the territory. And, you know, we all know that the ag world is a very small world. And somehow we have to have somebody speak for us and be there and give us or give people, you know, like in Washington, you know, what do we need as as people of this industry and the community trying to feed the world, you know? So... I mean, being a part of that is probably, I mean, and I would assume it's really exciting to be able to take part in all that type of stuff. So It is. It really is. It's that bigger picture when you look at it that, you know, our goal is not only to support our families and the local communities, but basically to feed the world. We've got a growing population. We're doing it with less than 2% of the population in the U.S. And if you look at those in animal agriculture, it's less than 1%. So it's a pretty daunting task and it's amazing what farmers can do. So earlier we mentioned uh, that we are cooperative and we are member owned. And there is one benefit that Brian, you had mentioned earlier that is, I know as a member, I look forward to receiving it, is the patronage check. Now I do have one little story about this. Right after I started here, I mean, I have a really small operating line. Like sometimes I think, what's the point? But <laughs> you know, gotta start somewhere. And I got my patronage check and it was like, I was only here four, five months at the time. And I opened it. I was like, oh, and I, I hadn't used it very much. So it was like $17. And I was like, yes, I'm going to buy a pizza for the office. Like, <laughs> you know, but I mean, some people, those patronage checks, those earnings that those members essentially earn by being members here. I mean, go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and how sure. it all 
yeah, comes to play. It is significant. And I know there's been a number of times, especially if you're a new new member and it's your first check, you you are shocked at what, what it is. You think maybe the decimal point's in the wrong spot, but it's well, not. I'd gotten others, but like <laughs> that one, I was like, I hadn't used it, you know? So it was just but, kind of funny. <laughs> and just, you know, last year in, in 2020, you know, we had a real nice year and I think it was like 38 cents for every dollar of interest that that was, you know, you paid or accrued on your loan was returned to you. And, um, and the neat thing is, you know, this cooperative model that we're under, well, the bank, Ag First, that we get our funding from, oh, Ag Credit, we are an owner of that bank. And so similar to our members being owners of Ag Credit, we then, because of our ownership of the bank, along with eight, 18 other associations, we receive their profits as well. And we receive just an exceptional, uh, you know, profit patronage at the end of the year, profit sharing at the end of the year last year, and that really bolstered um, from Ag First. And that really bolstered our our return for it to you know back to our customers, our members. So all that adds up, and and that cooperative model and that structure just kind of shines through. But we've been paying patronage now for 34 years, and just a long, long time, and just got a lot, a lot of history. And, uh, you know, the board is, is very involved in making those decisions and helping with what are we going to pass out this year and distribute. And it's a pretty straightforward method. Uh, there's no scientific formula that we all, I mean, there is somewhat yeah. in the background, but yeah. like when we really sit down and think about it, it's a, this is what we're giving back and it's no ifs, ands, or buts, I guess you could say about it, but it's. I mean, it's something that's very clear when we talk to members as account officers, like, you know, last year, the 38%. And, you know, when you walk in with a check, I mean, not very often does a financial institution turn around and give you money because you've earned it kind of thing. It's um, it's a little different. So it's a, a bit exciting. And, you know, that number, how do you guys determine how that yeah, and there, there are a few things that go into play with that. Um, you know, every financial institution, any business, you know, you need a certain capital level, uh, net worth, equity level. And so we, we review that. We look at our growth because if you grow your assets, you do need to capitalize those assets. So that's something that, you know, the board helps to, to review and the management team looks at that. And so, you know, based on our growth and, and all that, we analyze it and, and figure that out. But, um, but yeah, there's a model we kind of go through. And anyhow, it's just been great. And the history is, is there. So for 34 years, and, and we project out where we think it's going to be, you know, on a three-year plan. And, and uh, we're in a very strong capital position across the association now. And, and so just a real confident for the future as well. And Phil, I mean, you and I probably started right around the same time, or maybe we you did, started yeah. a couple months earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And since we started, the number or the percentage that has been distributed back to our members has been quite significant. I mean, two years ago, it was 45%. I mean, when you sit there and tell somebody you're getting almost half of your interest back, and they're like, are you crazy? You're like, well, kind of, sort of, maybe a little bit. But, I mean, it's it's neat to sit there and have that experience of, like, here's this for you. Thank you for, you know, considering us as uh, your lending association. So, I mean, I'm sure you, Phil, have 
come across that that satisfying feeling of being able to do that for oh yeah for and people you get flabbergasted people and they're like so this is this is my money I yeah. keep this right I really so, love yeah, explaining it's, it's it to yours. a new yeah. member <laughs> yeah to a new member it's yeah. it's fun to explain because they're like hey, well once a year we're going to give you a check back and they're like are you like I said, are you crazy? <laughs> so it's ownership, neat. Ownership has its privilege. That's right. Yes, it does. Yep. It does. And so. I think it's important for folks to realize, well, again, as Brian alluded to, that's what makes us different from a commercial bank. That's what makes us different from a lot of under other lending structures that are out there. But that patronage is also due in large part to the... Uh, the hard work and dedication of our folks in the association that, that go through the way the system is set up. You know, basically it boils down to interest dollars are paid. And as the association operates, once all our bills are paid and we determine what money we need as an association to operate for the next year and we have the reserves held, what's left in the pot is what goes back to the members. You, you pay so much interest based on those estimations, if you will, of what it's going to take. And then as, as our uh, funding corp, as our bank is able to uh, adjust in their borrowing, maybe uh, do some refinancing or, or, or pay down debt and, and get some better rates, that's passed straight down to the member. So in a sense, uh, even though you are uh, you know taking out a loan at certain times, your association is always in the market looking for the best rates and doing things to, as a group, make sure that that best deal is getting passed on. And, and so uh, really looking out for your, your good when you're busy doing what you have to do, and that's farm. Uh, well, I'm going to kind of pivot topics here as, uh, you know, we have, you're our first guest and, and, and uh, you guys are, are leaders within ag credit. You're the head of, of an organization with, uh, you know, as far as the industry goes, lending, um, ag credit, agriculture. Um, what do you guys see has been kind of the big challenges over the last 24 months, kind of an agriculture lending kind of the whole gambit? Well, we all know that one word's going to come up. <laughs> I'll let somebody well, else say it, though. <laughs> I, I'll lean on the lending world. Okay. And, okay. and yeah, and you go back 24 months, you know where that takes you. And, and so, obviously, for us, I guess, here at Ag Credit, just simply, you know, trying to adapt to the change that we've seen with COVID and, and all the impact of that. And, and one of those, you know, changes, I just recall this from – it would have been right after COVID hit and then all the way into earlier this year, there's just been so many new programs that, you know, the government's thrown around and namely the SBA PPP program and just the importance of us as an association uh, in order to serve our customers, serve our members, you know, we had to figure out how do you gain access to these programs? How do you um, execute on them and, and make sure that you can, you know, fill the needs of, of our membership and, and close these loans? And so I give a tremendous amount of credit to our team for rising to the occasion uh, when when we were scratching our heads, you know, figuring, trying to figure out how do we do this and, you know, on, on the phone and on hold and not getting emails responded back from the SBA on how to do this. And so uh, just all the credit in the world to our team for persevering and not giving up. And then for, you know, during a very busy time, traditionally an extremely busy time, for our team to have the wherewithal and the ability to uh, just keep keep after it every day and uh, for months on, on end. And uh, we end up closing over 3,000 loans during about a two-month period. And it was 60-some million dollars. It was like we did about, you know, 
in two months' time, we did about a year's worth of work is what it boiled down to. And it was just tremendous value for our, you know, for our membership, tremendous need. And um, anyhow, that was just something that I can, I'll never forget uh, throughout my career here at Ag Credit and something, you know, we can all be proud of. And so when I saw that, you know, the, you know when you mentioned that question, I, I just, the lending world and, and those challenges just popped into my head right away. And then along with that too, obviously we've had changes here at Ag Credit and where we work, uh, remote and, and just- I was needing. just going to say, you've, you've alluded to <laughs> dealing with external customers before at previous positions that you've had. And then you mentioned that, you know, your role has shifted to your internal customers, which happen to be your employees, and how much adjustment just in those 24 months have occurred with how many of us. I mean, it's it's been interesting to say the least, even on our end, I couldn't imagine what it was like sitting behind your desk and trying to make the decisions and... Uh, and trying to keep everything moving forward. How about used to seeing people's faces on screens, I imagine. That's right. <laughs> Versus in real life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. we had to adapt to that and and even just from a culture standpoint, you know, you you're always you are concerned with um, how will this impact culture going forward because we do plan on having a remote you know, you know, approach going forward with with many of our positions, and we don't see us changing. You know that you know back to to the old days, and then we also know along with that there needs to be you know a line of additional flexibility, and, and so it's like the evolution of it all. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of yeah. um, as things were thrown at all of us through the last yep. 20 it's weird that you say the old times and we're referring to the old times as only 24 months ago <laughs> <laughs> like work-life work balance yeah. that's what yes. i was trying to trying to yeah. throw out there that's just so important <laughs> anymore and that's something we hear a lot about and just to have that balance you know in our in our daily work schedules so anyhow i look at it as kind of a big experiment almost um that we're ongoing we continue to to look and and review and adjust and do it's working um but but we may need to tweak some things from time to time and just be open to, to some of those tweaks. So time will tell. <laughs> you know, as Brian alluded to, I think it, it's it's hats off to the Total Ag Credit team for stepping into especially things like the PPP loans and whatnot, where there were several other local uh, financial institutions that just decided not to go there. Uh, it was going to be too much work. They had enough other challenges going on with everything with the pandemic, and that was one area where they just weren't able to step up or didn't want to deal with the hassle. And yet amidst everything going on with COVID and the pandemic and looking at everything going on, all the changes in the ag industry, uh, I'm pretty proud that our team stepped forward and was willing to take on that challenge because they knew it was for the benefit of our members. They looked at the, again, the big picture, realized this is going to be a lot of work, but the amount of good that it can do, the amount of dollars it can bring back to our members and the association to help their balance sheets, to help in these challenging times for everybody. Uh, I know uh, that everybody went above and beyond and it definitely showed. And I, I think our members are very appreciative of that. And so hats off to everybody that, that made that happen. As we look at the industry and the changes, you know, ag's always changing. And we look at the last 18 months to, to two years 
what's going on with local meat processing and the challenges that some of our small farmers that sell direct have with that. If we look at input prices and now the potential risk of what's the availability of some of those inputs going to be seed chemicals, fertilizer, equipment, even parts moving forward into the next year or so. Commodity prices are really good right now. We've got government programs like crazy between the conservation programs, the one that Brian mentioned with PPP or the, the CFAP programs, both one and two. There's a lot of things moving parts, if you will, going on. And yet I think it's, again, a, a credit to our folks out in the field that are working with our farmers, our borrowers, that are keeping all these things in mind so that when they sit down across the desk from you and talk about your operation and talk about what your financial needs might be, they're also aware of all these other moving parts and programs to make sure that they're delivering the best product possible to make you profitable. Well, you mentioned that, and it's kind of going back to the PPP loans, not to mention that that was going on. But we also, I mean, rates were dropping major during that time frame. And the ability for us, I mean, we all talk about our members are our number one, and we do think of it. And it really is the culture here at Ag Credit that they are number one, and we are here to serve them. The note modifications that took place during that exact same time time frame was absolutely insane. I th- I mean, it was just amazing yeah. to see how much shift in saving our members money, you know, not only putting PPP funds or CFAP funds into their pockets, but we were also trying to save them from paying us more money than they needed to. I guess when you so, say note mods, for those that maybe aren't members, can you describe, I guess, what a note mod or note modification is? Uh, pretty much like the alt. Uh, the alteration of your loan. So uh, rate reductions, um, that was that's kind of what I was getting at right there is that we, we reduced rates across the board for so many people. There's other forms of note modifications that can take place too, whether it's changing the format of payments or, you know, the, the, all those types of things. So it's... Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of smiling faces in Van Wert. Uh, yeah, same about, over think, in the uh, eastern side. I know so. our numbers were about <laughs> seven hundred. I think as we did seven hundred note mods in in twenty twenty. So it was uh, association wide. It was huge too. So it's it does get noticed, and the fact that you bring up all those programs, and it's like, well, we had an opportunity internally yep. to do the same thing for them, is put those funds right back in their pockets. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you mentioned a quote by Terry McClure, and, and I've heard that similar quote where, you know, decisions are made um, by those who show up. And I felt like Ag Credit showed up, you know, last year in, in the form of note modifications and, and PPP. The thank so, yous. Yeah. The thank yous that yeah. were, mm-hmm. you know, handed out from members was, I mean, we even did those PPP loans for non-members. Right. Like, we yeah. had that opportunity to do that for them. And it, you know, if we were the ones doing it, like, yeah, let's full board, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So with both of you guys both having extensive ag backgrounds and everything, what's your best advice for someone new starting out? So you think of our YBS members. Sure, I'll I'll, I'll start with that one and let let Brian sort of wrap it up. Uh, You know, I think, and and maybe this sounds a little bit odd, but, but similar to what we see in ag credit, we're a relationship business. Agriculture is still a relationship business. Yes, we think about that we are producing food, fiber, fuel, you know, it's crops, it's livestock. But at the end of the day, it's still about relationships. And especially as agriculture is changing, it's working with your neighbors. 
You know, so so to somebody that's looking at getting into farming, especially if they aren't coming from a family farm or, or maybe a spinoff in that regard, it's developing those relationships, asking questions, learning from others' mistakes, and, and hopefully you can be more profitable so you don't have to make all those mistakes along the way because there's not a lot of margin for error. It doesn't take, uh, you know, there's enough challenges between the markets and the weather that uh, you don't have a lot of room for your own mistakes. And so learning that as you go, I think having realistic expectations, uh, if you're getting started in the industry, you know, you're not going to become a 5,000 acre grower that has, you know, corn uh, yield contest winner trophies every year and things. But, but learning as you go, what realistically can you do on your operation with your equipment? What is your ground capable of or your, your livestock facilities? What are some realistic things? And uh, then being flexible within that and uh, knowing there's constantly going to be change going on. And, and this part probably sounds like an oxymoron, but focusing both on the big picture and the details. You know, it, being paying attention to the details, whether it's planting your crop, planting even a cover crop, or raising the livestock and making sure that you're paying attention to, to what the health of those animals are as the weather changes and stress situations are. But at the same time, not getting so absorbed by one small aspect that's not quite right that you lose sight of the bigger picture of profitability of your operation. And, and, and that sort of, I guess, brings up my last point, and that's that you are in business and, and it is a business. And so um, I go back to, again, quotes I've heard from different people. And between Ed Johnson and Bart Johnson, Ed used to say, uh, if you can't market it, don't grow it. And Bart always says, uh, if it doesn't pay, it doesn't stay. So really <laughs> constantly taking a regular look at your operation. And are you doing things just because that's how we've always done it? Or are you doing things because they do contribute to the bottom line of this, this farming operation? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good, Dusty. A real just practical approach, and just a couple of things I guess that I that I was thinking of is uh, well, number one, visit an ag credit lender. Uh, <laughs> good plug, good yeah, plug. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's a great start. But also, um, I, I think to you know just visiting perhaps with others in the industry that you're interested in pursuing to gain you know a little more understanding or the you know, the pros and the cons and, and just educating yourself, I guess, on what to expect. So research that. Uh, obviously, a business plan. It's the lender coming out in me when I say business plan and balance sheet and projections and all that and just thinking through that. So that's important. And then I think maybe start building that team around you of, of experts, financial experts, it could be your credit lender. It could be uh, your accountant. You could be an attorney, but start to build that team for you know for your future. And and you're probably going to need them at some point. You're going to need the credit lender probably the the earliest. And then from there, some of the other resources could come in handy. So th those are just a few thoughts. Nice. Well, good. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Brenna, we've had some, we had two really strong interviewers here, or interviewees, uh, our first, our, our first interview episode here. So um, we're doing a podcast. This is episode two. You know, I wanted to ask you guys, I guess this is a new venture for, for us, for Ag Credit. And uh, what are you guys looking forward to most about having a podcast? I think just the new perspectives that come in. Uh, any podcast I listen to, whether it's the uh, Ag Credit Set It podcast as it takes uh, shape or, you know, th there's so many podcasts just in the agriculture realm and, and whether, you, you know, Apple or, or any other podcast type hosts out there, you just type in agriculture podcast and, and the, the list just comes up time and again. There's always something I take away from 
from those. You know, it might be a subject that I'm pretty well versed on, but there's still maybe a snippet that the guests bring that I hadn't thought of. So that's what I'm looking forward to is just some of those new perspectives. Yeah, I just add to learning and education for, for me. Um, I think just learning a little bit more about our, our team or our guest speakers, the folks that are going to be on some of these podcasts, getting us out of our comfort zones. And I think that is important. Yeah, I think just getting out of that comfort zone um, and it's going to open up new horizons for everybody if we can do that. And uh, ultimately just share what we know about agriculture. And we have a lot of experts here at Ag Credit. Yeah. yeah, I know one of the things you've said and, and different meetings we've had, Brian, is, is become 1% better at, at whatever you do. And I feel like listening to podcasts, reading journal articles, listening to, to industry experts and what you do is, is going to help you do that. So. Well, I think one thing about it is that we, I mean, we're all take part in this industry ourselves in some way, shape or form. So, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm an ex- expert at a lot of things. I'm not jumping in the tractor and, you know, operating the equipment myself or anything like that, but I can sit there and figure out the numbers for people and do that kind of thing. And then discussing it in this type of format, as far as podcasts go, I think is something that's, I mean, it's a new venture. It's something fun. And um, I hope that we can keep engaging more people. I think it'd be great having, you know, outsiders come in and give their perspectives just as much as, you know, us internally and that type of thing. So... Yeah, I know Brenna and, and Libby and Matt and I are extremely excited to bring you more episodes, um, episodes about different topics and bringing in uh, experts and, and, and just interviewing them. So looking forward to sharing more episodes uh, as well as please share uh, with an account officer, with us on Facebook. If you have a topic that you want to, to hear from us, let us know. Uh, we definitely want to know those topics that you want to hear us talk about or hear a guest uh, an expert talk about. So thank you again for joining us on Ag Credit Set It. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Want to talk ag in between episodes? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AgCredit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net. And be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Catch you next time.